Welcome to the Revelation Power Podcast. I'm author and host Kevin Hopkins, and today we're going to look at Revelation chapter 5. In the last session, we talked about Revelation chapter 4, the beginning of John's vision of heaven itself, the heavenly throne room scene, and it's important to understand that when John wrote the letter, there weren't chapters and verses. So chapter 5 is is just the continuation of that vision. We see all of heaven worshiping, the elders fall down on their faces and, and lay their crowns at God's feet. And it goes on then in chapter 5, verse 1. And I saw that the one seated on the throne was holding in his right hand an unopened scroll with writing on the inside and on the outside and sealed with seven seals. Then I saw an incredibly powerful angel shouting with a great voice, who is worthy to open the seal and able to break the scroll open. But no person could be found, living or dead, in all creation. No one was worthy to open the scroll and read its contents. So I broke down weeping with intense sorrow, because there was found no one worthy to break open the scroll and read its contents. Then one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look! The mighty lion of Judah's tribe, the root of David, he has conquered. He is the worthy one who can open the scroll and its seven seals. So I looked and I saw a very young lamb standing before the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the 24 elders. And he appeared to have been slaughtered, but was now alive. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to the ends of the earth. I saw the young lamb approach the throne and take the scroll from the right hand of the one who sat there. And when the 24 elders and the four living creatures saw the lamb had taken the scroll, they fell face down at the feet of the lamb and worshiped him. Each of them had a harp and golden bowls brimming full of sweet fragrant incense which are the prayers of God's holy people. And they were all singing this new song of praise to the Lamb. Because you were slaughtered for us, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Your blood was the price paid to redeem us. You purchased us to bring us to God. Out of every tribe, language, people, group, and nation, you alone have chosen us to serve our God and formed us into a kingdom of priests who reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voices of myriads of angels in circles around the throne, as well as the voices of the living creatures and the elders, myriads and myriads, ten thousands times ten thousands of voices. And as I watched, all of them were singing with a voice like thunder, worthy is Christ the Lamb who was slaughtered, to receive power and might, wealth and wisdom and honor and glory and praise. Then every living being joined the angelic choir, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and everything and every one of them, all worshiped with one voice saying, Praise, honor, glory, and dominion be to God enthroned and to Christ the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures responded, Amen. And the 24 elders threw themselves face down to the ground and worshiped. 
Wow. It's probably the the lit fuse of the book of Revelation. But it starts almost tragically. John is in the throne room of heaven and he sees the one seated on the throne holding an unopened scroll sealed with seven seals writing on the inside and the outside, the front and the back. Typically scrolls were only written on one side. Only if it was a very very important message would you write it on the inside and the outside because whatever's on the outside could be intercepted and read by somebody other than the person for whom it was intended see but this one's so important it's been written on the front and the back and it's sealed with seven seals and the angel cries out who is worthy now to break the seals and open the scroll and read us this message but no one is found in all of creation, in all of history, through all of time. There's no one worthy to pass on God's message now. It's as, li- it's as if John has come this far. We've written to the seven churches. We've proclaimed that the message from God is coming. There it is in his hand. John can see it. But there's nobody worthy to read it. And John says he broke down and he wept because it seems like it's over before it gets started. It could end right here. We could be this close to hearing God's message for us, but there's nobody to give it to us. Nobody worthy to reach up and take it out of his hand. John says, I just broke down in weeping because I thought it was done before it could get started. And one of the elders says to him, it's two words, stop weeping, period. Stop weeping. Look, the mighty lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered and he is worthy and he can break the seals and open the scroll. The lion. So I looked, he looks expecting to see a lion. It's that, it's that confusion that's always present. I call it the the revelation bait and switch. I looked and I saw. I looked and I heard. He looks expecting a visual stimulus and what he gets is something else. He turns to see and he hears. It happens over and over. It happens three times right here in this chapter alone. In the Gospel of John, the confusion took a little bit different form, right? Jesus would say something to someone and they would misunderstand it. And so Jesus would explain it. And it's, it's a device that catches our attention and reminds us that we wouldn't have gotten it either and gives Jesus the chance to explain to us what he's really saying. He says to the woman at the well, if you knew who was asking you for a drink, you would ask me and I would give you living water and you would never have to come back to this well. She misunderstands and she says, yes, please, it's a shame that I have to come to this well in the middle of the day because of the life that I'm living. Please give me this living water so that I don't ever have to come back to this place. And and Jesus talks to her about eternal life. See, that's how it works in the Gospel of John. In the book of Revelation, it's much more the bait and switch. I turned and looked 
he's looking for a lion, and I saw a lamb standing before the throne in the middle of the circles of elders and 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 cherubim, but it looks like he's been slain. This lamb is a bloody mess. It has visible wounds that appear that they must have been fatal, but he's alive. He has seven horns and seven eyes. The horns are power. The eyes are wisdom and insight. He's full of power. He's full of insight. And the young lamb approaches the throne and takes the scroll. Now, I grew up on a farm. My uncle kept sheep. I've never seen one of them that could have held on to anything except with its mouth. It, it interests me that he sees this lamb and it takes the scroll somehow. Does it have hands? Ah, the Bible doesn't say. But somehow the lamb takes the scroll from God, the creator on the throne. And when the beings of heaven see that the lamb has accepted the responsibility that only he can fulfill to give us the word of God for this day and this situation, they begin to worship. And it's that throne room, all out worship again. There's a piece here that I think is really interesting because the 24 elders have something here they didn't have in the previous glimpse. Each of them has a harp, a kathara, a little bitty harp that they can strum. Uh, it, there, it, you don't tune it. I mean, you don't change the, the, the key of it. It plays in one key. It's just a, a strum, a droning chord, and you sing in that in that mode. It's not really even a scale. It's just a, a brief, uh, a shortened scale, uh, and they call it a mode, and you have to sing in that mode because that's what the harp accompanies. But it's a five-note cathara and a five-note scale, and any of those notes that you sing will sound good with it. And so they have their little harp, and they have a pan of incense. And John says, it smells amazing. The smell of it is sweet and fragrant. And it is the prayers of all God's people. Have you ever prayed and just felt like nothing was happening? I mean, I have. There are times that I've prayed fervently for God to do something and and, you know, I always say, well, there's always an answer to prayer. Sometimes the answer might be no, but sometimes there's not an answer. Or it doesn't seem like there's an answer. I've prayed fervently at times for something I really believed God would do, and nothing happened. And I'm tempted to think God doesn't know, God doesn't hear. I'm so insignificant out here in the middle of a vast country on the plains of the United States, doing my own little thing in my own little town, in my own little church, and maybe God just doesn't know. But John sees the prayers of all of God's people like incense right beside his throne and the sweet fragrant smoke rising up to be inhaled by God himself. God knows. Our prayers are 
always in front of God. And they sing praise to the Lamb as they lift our prayers before God. They they worship Him. And as the angels and the, and the cherubs worship the Lamb, the angels pick up the chorus. And, and the number is so big that John uses exponents of exponents. Ten thousands times ten thousands. So many in concentric circles, you just can't see them all or grasp them all. And you'll notice that he says, I looked and I heard, right? Um, That's in verse 11. I looked and I heard the voices of myriads of angels in concentric circles around the throne. Tens of thousands times tens of thousands. It's interesting that he can't see them, but he can hear them. I think that's what's meant by this construction. I looked and I heard the voices. There was a gentleman who was passing away once and I was called to his bedside. And he said, I've, I've been in heaven. And it's really kind of crazy because I know it's heaven. You can't see it, but you can hear everybody singing the same song. And and lying there in that bed, he began to sing the song that he'd heard. It was fascinating. He said, I, I couldn't see the river, but when I first started having the vision, it was in front of me. Tonight, it's behind me, and the voices are closer, and the music is louder. The song is just overwhelming, Pastor. When I'm there, I can just feel the song. And I, it makes me want to go sing with them. I looked and I heard. It makes so much sense. The angels worship. Every living creature in creation worships. The 24 elders throw themselves face down on the ground and worship. And the four living creatures say, Amen. It sounds like the end of a story, but it's just the beginning. It's the end of this little piece where the lamb who was worthy to open the scroll has been found and has stepped forward and has taken the scroll and he's going to open it. And and we're going to see all kinds of crazy things. But first, there's worship. Last night, I went with my wife and a bunch of friends and we went to a Christian concert and it is it is so much fun to be with people of all ages and all persuasions all races all genders just worshiping Jesus and and it was pretty much a, a Christian rocking out loud music concert but on the end of our row there's this lady that had to be in her 80s and she's got her hands up in the air And she is praising God with every song. She is moving. She is rocking. And I thought, if I live to be that age, I hope that I still have that kind of fervor for the Lord that she has right there. It was, it was, it reminded me of a concert that I saw 
that I, I think I quoted in the book. The group was called Take Six, and I was a young adult, and they had just come out. They sang, they still do, sing a cappella gospel music, and they were really hot. And so I went to see the concert, and uh, I think we went for my birthday, in fact. And at some point in the concert, they got to this really simple song that was on their brand new album, and nobody had heard it before the concert, but they sang it for us. And and it's it's a really simple little song that you can sing kind of like around. And and they got us to start singing it. And they taught it to us. And the whole crowd started singing. And it got louder and it got louder. And to take their break, one at a time, they walked off the stage while, you know, there were five singing with us. Then there were four. Then there were three. Then there were two. We're down to the last one. And he walked off and they never cut us off. And so the crowd in that arena just keeps singing that song. And, and it builds, and we take it over, and now there's harmonies that people are supplying. And it was amazing. The guy next to me, I'd never met before. Um, he's there with his family, but he is singing his head off. And tears are running down his face. His shirt is getting wet with the tears dripping off his face. He is really in the spirit. And and after about 20 minutes of singing, take six starts to walk back on the stage one at a time. They pick up a microphone and they start singing with us. And they're laughing because we have kept it going the whole time they're gone. And it's stronger than it was when they when they left us. And and we sing the chorus through two or three more times, and then they cut us all off. And they almost couldn't get us to stop singing. And that guy sitting next to me, we kind of sit down and he looks at me and he's just soaking wet with tears. And he's like, that was the most awesome thing ever. He said, you know, brother, that's what heaven's going to be like. And I have taken that idea from that day for the rest of my life to this very day. I think he's right. There were no white people or black people or red people or yellow people. There were no men, no women, no employees, no bosses, no servants, no masters, no rich, no poor, privileged, unprivileged. There was just us all together singing at the tops of our lungs and and praising God and loving each other's presence. My friend who was passing away described the singing in heaven just like that. And and it made me remember that concert and how it felt to be standing there with with 15,000 other people singing at the top of our lungs. I think he's right. The guy sitting next to me was right. That's what heaven's going to be like. I see it here in the fifth chapter of Revelation as the lamb steps forward and takes the scroll and All of creation rejoices because we get to hear God's word after all. We get to hear God's word. I hope that you never forget how privileged we are in the 21st century that we have TV programs and we have DVDs and we have online programs and we have podcasts and broadcasts and and YouTube channels. If you want to hear God's word, There is no shortage of opportunity to do that. 
Now, some of it is cuckoo for coconuts, right? Some of it's way off the deep end. Some of it's really, really traditional and staid. And whatever you want, you can get it in today's culture in terms of biblical teaching or worship. I just hope you understand how blessed we are that we have that kind of availability to the gospel because Jesus said the gospel will be preached to all the nations and then the end will come. You're going to hear about wars and rumors of wars and conflict and there's always going to be trouble. There's always going to be tribulation. But these are not the end. The gospel will be preached to all the nations and then the end will come. And and I'm really encouraged by the fact that today we're closer than ever to having the gospel available in any country, in any tongue, in any place, at any time. We're really close to the gospel being proclaimed to all the nations. I hope that's your mission. I hope that's your joy today. I hope that you can take some more time after this session and find the music that you love or the preacher that you love and just worship and revel in the presence of God. The vision is going to get really intense now. He's going to start popping those seals open and and it's going to unleash stuff that we're going to have to live through. Some of it is stuff we're living through right now. So worship now, prepare your heart, get serious, draw close to God, and then we're going to jump into the rest. But for today, let's worship together and praise the Lord. Have a great one.